You didn't know Captain Falcon was a bounty hunter? You didn't know Captain Falcon was Captain Falcon. <laughs> you um, thought Captain Falcon was from Smash? Welcome to New Game Plus, a retro gaming podcast where three guys spend seven days playing one old game and then we talk about it. My name's Dustin. My name's Kenny. I'm Nolan. This just in. <laughs> and you are listening to and or watching, Kenny, episode 275. Hey, that's uh, almost 300. It's on the it, Cinco. It's on the Cinco. <laughs> it's hey, on the Cinco. This is also a special episode because it is a director episode. Director episodes every once in a while, we have our highest tier of patron join us on a very special episode to talk about a game of their choosing, and we'll get to that shortly, but before we do, on this day in history, 27 years ago, Final Fantasy VI released for the Super Famicom and the Super Nintendo. It's you know, it's always it's always Final Fantasy stuff with you. I Ha- rarely talk about that at the f- at the top of episodes. Almost every episode. Every single episode. You've got like 15 of them to choose from, and you talk about them 15 different times. There's okay, a lot continue. more than 15. Well, you know that I have a fondness for Final Fantasy, as you're pointing no. out now. The series, it's special to me. It's less special to you. I understand that. Uh, and I know we've talked about it some before, not extensively on the podcast at least, but I'd like to formally and officially ask each of you to just kind of clear the air. Which Final Fantasy games have you played and which one is your favorite? Because I don't, I think I might know, but I'm not even entirely sure if I know. I don't know your entire gaming history or catalog. So... Kenny, you start. Which Final Fantasy games have you played? This is not a difficult question. And then which one is your favorite? A little bit more difficult for you. Yeah, it is a difficult question because how much playtime is played? Like, do I have to have actually gotten all the way through it? Is the kind of guy we deal with. It's true. Uh, So are we talking just JRPGs or do you want to know about my tactics experience? No. Should I include stuff that I've only played because of the podcast? You act you're, like there's no nuance. Everything has nuance. I'll go. But you're taking the fun out of it. <laughs> like That's my job. Okay. Um, I have not played five or three. Three being the one that is not six. <laughs> No, don't do all and, that. And I'm supposed to be the confusing one. Right, you are. Well, no, it is confusing. Well. When they released it in the States, it was like different Do, numbers. That doesn't matter. You got one. It's really easy. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. So three is what? The one about uh, crystals? Luneth and others. I yeah, think okay. That's who I haven't played three and I haven't played five. I've played every other Final Fantasy game. Really? Yes. Awesome. I love that. My favorite one is nine. Yeah. Although, what about the ending of 10? So good. So good. I'll also just say I'm a, I'm a fan of 13. I'll punch yeah, people for like hating that. on it for some stupid, dumb, linear Because it's reason. linear, right. Like hey, what? Okay. One time I came over to your house or your parents' house, and I watched you play some Final Fantasy. I came I? to your house and beat 13 in front of you. Oh, that's so much fun. All right, Kenny. The only thing Kenny did at my house was watch Buffy from season one all the I way through the end. I saw them on his shelf when I was at his house. He's got the whole <laughs> Buffy? show. All right. Kenny, we're coming back to you. You had plenty of time to think. My definition of playthrough is beat, uh, like completely consume, like have That's played bad through the entire game. Uh, okay. It's a it's a fine definition for this. So not seven. For this, uh, I've played one, and I've played seven. So disappointed. Um. Okay, but you have. I'm okay with that. You have controlled. 
several <laughs> others. Controlled. Sure. I've played okay. a little bit of two. I've played tactics. I've played a little bit of eight. I've watched entire playthroughs of eight and nine and ten in front of me where I like have participated but haven't been the one with a controller in my hands. <laughs> okay, so out I've of watched, one and seven. Yeah, out of one seven. and seven. Right. Which but also one you is, didn't beat seven. No, I did he didn't in front times. of me. He beat it at different times. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh Kenny, out of one and seven, which one do you prefer? Seven. Seven? Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. I know I mean, love the first one. Oh, I love, love, love the first one. It's so good. But seven's just amazing. Okay, and then for very, very quickly, both of you, on a scale from zero to 100, what would you rate the Final Fantasy series, just at large? The whole series? 100. Fair. 100 just straight up. Yeah. Yeah, it is one Come of the greatest on. series of all times. I mean, I agree with you. For me, I say, like, you know I love Final Fantasy, so I'm like, F0. I'm going full 100. I'll even go over 100. <laughs> like, what? Like, did you spit your coffee? Um, I'm trying not nose? to. Okay. Uh, what? Okay. I... I, I'm going, I would even go above 100 to let's say 1000 kilometers or something because I love Final Fantasy. Like in our retro game of the week, F Zero. Overview. First and foremost, we would love to welcome our director, our guest, Wardonis, to the show. Ward, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you for being our director. Before we talk about the game of the week, let's talk about you. How did you find out about New Game Plus? When did you join the community? Give us a brief overview, if you will. All right. Hello. Um, So I was looking for music on Pandora Radio. Uh, specifically for Unreal Tournament, and I found your podcast there. And being a beloved fan of that game, I listened to your podcast to make sure you weren't crapping on it too much. <laughs> and and I've been listening ever since. That's, That's pretty a, unique. That's a oh, fun yeah. episode to onboard on. I wonder how many people find us because they're looking for a specific title or something that we've covered. I think it's actually pretty common. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a good amount, but there are less uh, people that find us through Pandora. Yeah, right. Did y'all ever use that? I used Pandora for for a little bit before Spotify. I use Pandora all the time. I still do occasionally. Is is Pandora most important thing? Ward is Pandora your go to music provider? Oh yeah, I, I was in the beta for it. I've been using it since it's been out. That's a long time ago. You're a Pandora boy. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, and you could have you could have chosen, selected, picked any retro game that we haven't yet played, and you chose F Zero. Why? Well, after the uh, the Ghouls and Ghosts episode, um, I don't remember his name, but after that episode, I would was idly wondering what game I would choose if I was ever in that position. And I had several ideas and a lot of them are fan favorites that a lot of people know about, uh, such as super Metroid, you know, final fantasy 10, a lot of popular stuff that I figured would show up in the, uh, in the producer polls eventually. And I, I kept coming back to this game because I felt it was a diamond in the rough. There are a lot of nuances to it that I don't think if it was picked in that manner would have light shown on them. Yeah. And uh, I personally, I, I had it as a kid. Yeah, I beat the crap out of it. I, I beat <laughs> What Master did it do to you? <laughs> it just whooped up on some F-Zero. <laughs> just wailing on yeah. it in the, in the backyard. Yeah, I, I beat every difficulty uh, with, um, including the master difficulty, which you have to unlock, uh, with every car on every track. And I've learned a lot of tricks and techniques that I don't see streamers use, that I haven't seen mentioned in other places. And so I wanted to use my experience to highlight aspects of the game that people probably wouldn't see on a quick play. Yeah, you're the no, F- that's awesome. You're the F-Zero god, is what you're telling us. <laughs> yeah. Was. <laughs> Was. Uh, a former, former F-Zero god. 
Well, yeah, back, back when I had a super. Let's get into what F-Zero is. F-Zero is a futuristic racing game for the Super Nintendo. In fact, it was a launch title for the Super Nintendo. I mean, it's currently a futuristic game. In like 530 years, it won't be. 1990 in Japan, 91 in America. So launch title along with Super Mario, I think, uh, shoot... Uh, Sim Mar- City was a launch title for the SNES, and some other Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Uh, so actually, I don't think there was a huge list of of launch titles, and this was one. Radius of them. wasn't there? A, yes, a shooter it was. As well? Yes, right. y'all are I think all we right. got most of them right there. <laughs> I think um, we just and named then them. Nolan. I would like to point out that it is currently a futuristic game, but in about 500 years, it won't. Don't be. take okay. my joke. Hey. Don't take my. It's set in 20. Five, Lord, I gotta apologize for these two. Joke. You know that they're the worst. Um, well, actually, uh, realistically, if you look at the physics, okay. we have the technology to build these cars and these kind of tracks right now. We can't make them float three hundred, you know, uh, three hundred miles off the ground or whatever they are. Uh, but we could actually build them. What is Elon Musk doing? Okay, <laughs> last week I was shocked to hear that both of these guys did not. Realize that Captain Falcon from Smash is not actually from Smash. He's from this game. Well, well, hold on. I knew that he wasn't from Smash. I know that each of those characters are from other games. I didn't know that he was from F-Zero because you could play F-Zero without knowing that he's from F-Zero. Fair. He's literally not mentioned anywhere in the game. Uh, He's a pixel. He's a I guess pixel. He, no, he 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 rewards you at the end when you win. I think he's the character that congratulates you. And he is the racer of the blue hover. Well, sure, but you don't see him. No, he's not in the game anywhere. No. However, he's in the manual. Yes, that's a good point. So, uh, manuals were a thing, and recently someone gave us some feedback. I think it was on YouTube that was like, "Hey, I wish I'll talk about manuals more." Fair. Uh, we didn't have manuals this week, unless you looked it up, because it is online. I've got uh, it pulled but, up right now. Yeah, I do too. This game was uh, had a robust manual, in fact. It really had some good. other stuff in here um, on how to play, but also characters, um, lore, and a comic strip. That's actually pretty good. Um, so, I guess that can lead us into some of the plot. Oh, it's a racing game. I think I said that, but it's <laughs> like, uh, I mean... A racing game. There's not much else to say. We'll get into that in gameplay. I'm not going to kenny that. Okay, more story. Yeah, I said that. The year is 2560. Just currently futuristic. The rich have capitalized on alien interaction and their technology. Uh, advanced pretty much current. That's, as, that's they, as they right would. <laughs> Advancements have been made in society. But guess what? Everyone's bored. So, um, to entertain people, they create a new sport called F-Zero, which is derived from Formula One racing, which we currently have, which is not futuristic. Um, did George Lucas play F-Zero? That's my question. He created... He, pod racing. F-Zero created pod racing? Pod racing. I mean, there's some similarities. I mean, you just take wheels off of a car and and then race them. <laughs> yeah. It's not the most creative. Not you only you, that. You jest. You jest, but that's actually part of the story behind the creation of right. the game. Right. Gotcha. It, it, because of the way they were trying to utilize the mode six. Right. Seven. This is the first game that, or, yeah, mode seven. This is the first game that ever did it. Because of that, they had, um, they had to do sprites of every wheel position and every angle for every car. So they figured... Just take the wheels off. It'll make animation a lot easier. Smart. (laughs) That's actually really smart. That actually is really smart. Um, That's great. Okay, not only that for plot, whatever. The manual did come with a comic strip that reveals more story, a lot deeper than you would expect for this. So, um, Mute City is the setting for this, this story. And Captain Falcon is a bounty hunter, which I didn't know that. Uh, about you didn't him. know Captain Falcon was a bounty hunter. You didn't know Captain Falcon was Captain Falcon. <laughs> you um, thought Captain Falcon was from Smash, and he has a gun in the comic, but not in Smash. I guess that's too violent. Um, but he's bringing in baddies, 
while another character, another racer in this game, Samurai Goro, is on his tail trying to beat him to the bounties, also trying to kill him. Um, and okay, Nintendo, I'll let you do some story for a game like this that shouldn't need it. Sure. Sure. I I hate that. I mean, I guess it's a way of like you fleshing would. out story on a game that doesn't have it. But the like forcing story in when it's not actually in the game always makes me roll my eyes a little. That if is a very good, that is it. a very like looking back kind of criticism because at the time like you got the manual and then you contextualized yourself and then you played the game. So whatever. I'll It's 2020. Right. But back in the 90s, you were you were finished with the manual before you got home from the store. That's actually true. Backseat, <laughs> you're consuming that whole booklet. Pew, pew. Ooh, you know, like I would have Final Fantasy manuals, uh, like walkthroughs, and I would read them before I would have the game. Like I would have them weeks before I would have the game. Yeah, they're so interesting well, to look at. That is so you. <laughs> Everyone did that, Kenny. <laughs> it makes me set no. Okay. All right, before we before we conclude our overview section, we've played a few other racers on this podcast. Kenny, Nolan, Ward, can you name them all? Pod racing. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 1 racer, that's one of them. Oh, oh, Lego cruising, one. cruising World. The Lego one? Um, cruising cruising World. World. Yes, yeah. yes. Tax, uh, crazy Taxi? Crazy Taxi. Not a racer, but uh, it's okay. kind of. It's not, though. It's kind of. Oh, there, there any, have been a lot more. Yes, any, just a few more. Any okay. guesses, Ward? No. <laughs> All right. Same. I, um, same. I'm out. I'll I give them know. to you. Scars. Oh yeah, I love scars. Oh, where, where your little critters? Frank Mantis. That are cars. Mario Kart 64. Played that early. We forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> yes, we did. No, we did. Not. We did, guys. <laughs> It's uh, on the retro master list as we played it. Didn't we also play? I agree. I don't remember that at all, which is weird. <laughs> didn't we also play Diddy Kong Racing at one point, or did no. I just do that with my uh, wife at some point? Okay, <laughs> you just did, did it that with your wife. Uh, and then finally, Snowboard Kids. Oh yeah, that's, I mean that's not a racer. Oh really? You start a, at no. a you start three, two, one countdown, and then you race to their the own thing. It's a no, racer. It's its own separate genre. Stop. I th- I mean, it also depends on what you consider a racer to be, because technically Metroid Prime would be a race because you know, people speed run it. Oh no, no, no! I won't give you that one. <laughs> also, F Zero is a Metroidvania. Okay, stop. <laughs> stop. Too many memes. Gameplay. You named two of the characters, but when you start the game, you have you have Grand Prix and then you have practice. Those are the two options at first. Later, you'll have records, which you can see how well you've done on the courses. You might have another option at, s- at some point, but at the beginning, it's just Grand Prix and practice. Uh, and then when you select that, you get to select your racer along with their pod or along with their hover car i think that's what they're called here um and so you've got captain falcon uh who is, is he in the, the he's the blue one he's the blue one yes. the blue falcon yes um you've got dr stewart who is driving the golden fox you've yep, got hate him P- pico i think um he's the alien he he's driving the wild goose and then you've got the samurai uh, Goro, who you had mentioned, Nolan, that is driving the fire stingray, and that's the pink one. That's the pink one, yeah. or the reddish one, because if you notice, each of these colored hover cars match purposely the four different face buttons on the Super Nintendo controller. Oh, beautiful! Ooh, I did fancy. not put that together. Yes, isn't that a really cool, creative thing to do? Yeah, uh, actually. There's a story behind that. Tell us the story, uh, Ward. I, I should I should have mentioned it when we were doing the overview, but um, when Nintendo was coming out with the SNES, they were actually looking for a new mascot, and they were going to use Captain Falcon instead of Mario for the SNES, but they ultimately went back to Mario. Good idea. And okay. so is that you're saying so that's why they gave those colors, and that's why they even... I mean, he's decked out in yellow, red, yeah. blue, and yep. and green as well. Does he have green on him? Uh, Probably does. I don't know. Just on St. Patrick's Day. Okay, so each of those hover cars operate slightly differently. They have different statistics. Uh, in Kenny's first play, I think you went with the alien. You didn't know he was the alien. You just kind of went with green. Like, is that? I think that's yeah, what you I, did. I picked. I picked green because favorite color. 
and then I and then I swapped to another car for variety, and think I ended up playing the yellow one, uh, which was a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. Doctor Stewart. So they have slightly different stats that uh, dictate how fast they get how yeah, how fast they get fast their acceleration that's how fast you get fast yes yep. the acceleration um the top speed i believe and the durability those are some of the main and the cornering and there's the also cornering. and how well they grip the track yeah there's like a weight stack stat that i think has a, a couple of different effects like that okay well, the weight, weight the weight is separate from the the grip as well Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's so a lot to sort through on the first you've got like, a lot. encounter. Yeah. Big question. Did you feel a difference between the different hover cars? Not as much huh? as other games. <laughs> as Kenny's going really? in for 100%. Really? I was really. going to say 100%, and I noticed it way more than in other games. Certainly not more than Mario Kart. Oh, easily I think more a than lot Mario more than Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart, I outside of like you're actually bumping into each other and the size thing sort of becomes a thing. I feel like I guess the really small ones are zippier, but I feel like Mario Kart feels all the same to me when you're actually doing it. This one felt so different. The acceleration when you're on that yellow car is like, boom, you're there and you're you're riding that that pink one and you're like taking four years to get up to speed. Yeah, the, each car each car is different on on how it handles, on how it moves, on its durability, on the different techniques that you have to use to take corners at speed. And and bec- because of that, I think we probably all found cars that like that were easiest for us or that like fit our play style really well. Or maybe there's just some cars that are easier than others. But I I could not do well with the yellow or blue cars, like to save my life. I'm also bad at this game. So you need a heavy but but I did remarkably better uh, running the the green and pink cars. Interesting. So it is fifteen. There are fifteen tracks split between three different well, leagues. Did you guys have any particular favorite car? Ooh, good question. Yeah, I go uh, I go vanilla most of the time in these games, just because like the stats I know are different and and do matter, but I. Typically, just go for the standard one because usually when they design these games, they make the the balanced the suggested car the first one, yeah, because it's balanced. So I went with the the Blue Falcon. It's it's because you wanted to be Captain Falcon. Don't I lie. Guess. I didn't want to be somewhere 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 subconsciously you wanted to be the hero. I think I ended up with the green one with with pico the, the mainly i but i i switched out between them i didn't find one that was my go-to necessarily yeah uh green was my favorite though i think i did best on pink and then what about you ward yeah. uh, i'm golden fox all the way golden fox I, like i said I've, I've beaten it with all of them and I mean, each one has their own set values. So I'd say the Fire Stingray is probably fan favorite just because of the maneuverability. But for me, it's the Golden Fox because I know a lot of little tricks and stuff for it that allow me to take full U-turns at full speed. Gotcha. I, I definitely I definitely think that's the one that, that takes the most mastery. But that Because that's that's the yellow one, right? The second one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that was definitely the hardest to pick up and play with. But I think as you got better at the mechanics, that fast acceleration especially on the more difficult tracks, I'd imagine is a really, really big asset. So as mentioned, there are 15 tracks split between three different leagues. It's kind of like two different difficulty settings to some degree. So you've got the different leagues, which are knight, queen, and king. Is that going off chess or going off of the medieval times? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, And then you've got beginner, standard, and expert, which is the actual difficulty level. What's in the book? And then... And, and then master. And then you've got master if you can unlock it. I guess you unlock it by what? Beating beginner standard and expert? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and knight, queen, and king, those are the different leagues that are playing different designs of the, of the stages, different tracks. Well, there, there, are, there are technically nine planets is how they work it out. And then you have different variations of the tracks across those nine planets. Got you. Yeah, so like Mute City 1, 2, 3. Yeah. 
one, two, right. three, one, two, so you've got you got a bunch of themes that apply across and visuals, but different yeah. actual tracks. Very cool. Uh, and, and there there are tracks like uh, with the Portland um, and the Red Canyon. You'll see where between Portland one and Portland two, they're actual they actually close off sections of the road for that other area. That's cool. Goodness. I, uh, another thing that, that makes me think we had mentioned mode seven and that I think Ward, you said this is the first game to use mode seven. Makes sense. If it was a launch yeah. title. Yeah. Man. Well, I, before this game racers came top down, they came isometric and they came like third person treadmill where everything was coming towards the screen kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the first one, at least racer. Yeah. That used mode seven and did it in such a creative way in which you see a lot of the track ahead of you. Um, it is third person, of course. Um, and and Mode 7 is a thing, I don't really know how to fully explain it, but that the world gets to revolve around you, that they take the full you know, design and they're able to tilt it in ways that they weren't previously able to do. Yeah, so what, what they did is they created one giant sprite, yeah. and that is the track. And it revolves around you as you move along it. Mm. It's hard for me to understand. Like, I, I understand that. But when you're in it and playing it, it, it really does a really effective job of tricking your brain. I recently played Castlevania Four on the SNES, and there were some stages in there that, like, made use of it. And it works. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, for a racing game, it's a very clever method of um, giving you the sensation of speed and I don't know. I, I it trips me out, but it's very impressive that they pulled that and, off on the SNES. And it was su- it was super important for them, not just for this game, because sure they like launched a successful, you know, genre of racers, and in a lot of ways redefined what g- racing games look like. Like, it, so it's not only important just to sort of in gaming history, but it was also really important on a practical level for the SNES and its success because this was their like showcase of this new technology they basically were making this a launch title to be like let's show off mode 7 and how much this is a complete game changer and get people onto our console and um the popularity of this game today i think sort of speaks to the fact that at least to some degree it worked or are you are you in general a racer fan or are you just an f-zero fan I am an F-Zero fan. I honestly, I, I grew up with Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff, and I've always been a tech nerd. And after playing this, I cannot even touch anything with wheels. <laughs> F, it's F-Zero or bust. He's a, he's a, he's a, a hover elitist. I no love Forza. it. I, yeah. They just don't wear I, I just, wheels. It, I'm, I'm the same way with, well, I mean... Any racer with wheels typically uses modern car designs, which, you know, I find boring because modern cars are out there. Just go watch NASCAR. You know, and and the same way when it comes to shooters, you know, I don't, don't, modern guns aren't interesting. I was in the Air Force. I was in the military. Just go out there and watch people shoot people. Yeah. Just, (laughs) yeah, just, just play Halo and stuff. Okay. Completely understand that. So I, I, I'm, I'm not a racer. I, none of us have been historical racers. No, but on this podcast, I have questioned a couple of times, do I actually like racing games? Because yeah. every time we play one, I'm, I see stuff that I used to not see in them. Um, I used to put them in the category of like sports games. Like, why would you ever play that? Right. But th- I mean, this was clearly different. Futuristic style, like in theme and in design, it's very different. But typically, no, not a racer guy. Okay. And then Kenny, you're you're not really a gamer. <laughs> That's not true. I historically don't like racing games that are heavy on the like racing, which means what? it's probably not a genre for me. I loved Wipeout growing up, like the competitive aspect and the like yeah. kind of vehicular combat while racing aspect. I, you know, if I'm playing something, I get hyped about Cruising World, like we talked about on that episode, which is more like tricks and flips and crazy st- stuff than just like driving real fast. Well. All of that to to say that the thing that impressed me 
in this game, there's a few things I'm sure, but were the use of controls because I played many racers before and after F zero that, that really doesn't utilize the control scheme as expertly as F zero did on a super Nintendo controller. We have played goodness gracious. We have played so many games that no matter if it's a racer or any other kind of game that does not utilize the buttons that are on the controller. And it's always a frustration of mine when that's the case, but an F zero, the controls are used yeah. almost every single button. Yeah. Um, you've got an accelerate and a brake, like most racers do. You also have a turbo, which some have, but then you're also using your left and right bumpers to shift the weight of your hover cart. Um, and then you're even being able to tilt the nose up and down with the D-pad. Like there are so many nuances here that it felt like I was really using the whole controller and it was so cool. And I'll say that... At first, when I started up the game, I did not feel in control. I hated it. And I was like, oh, no. Um, By the end of the week, I got pretty good because they really do give you full control over your your car. And, like, um, the fact that the drift, I'm calling it a drift, uh, the weight shifting, the L on the R, it became so natural to me. Those like 180 U-turns at first I was bouncing and now like I'm pretty good at like letting off the brake, drift, accelerate again. I was in control this week and I did not expect that to happen. And that's a 1990. Yeah, exactly. We're not in age, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I It was interesting because watching Kenny's first play it seemed like F-Zero was a basic racer. Like, I mean, it was flashy, but he was like, I, I can mean, go and I can stop. It, it <laughs> is a basic racer, but it's the basic racer done really, really well. Like, th- there's nothing beyond racing here. You get, you get tracks, you get time records, it's competitive, and you get this choice of cars and to go. It's one of the things I respect about this game a lot is that it knew what it was doing, and it just focused on doing that one thing and really well. Lots of times we get frills, and sometimes they impress me, but sometimes they can be a distraction. And this is this is like a pure game that is what it's like vanilla. Like it's just a flavor, and it's there, and it's kind of nice. Is it See, vanilla ward? <laughs> uh, it. This is as vanilla. Uh, I don't even know how to go with that. <laughs> okay, I, I disagree with Kenny. Maybe maybe you can back me up on this, Rodonis. Um, I think that it's it's done very well at its core of the racing portion. However, I do think they got kind of innovative here with a couple of the other mechanics. Um, I didn't number, say there was no innovation. Um, Vanilla is pretty basic, bro. I, I'm put. Uh, you you did say that, and um, no one's saying it's <laughs> Neapolitan. Yeah, sure. Well, it, well, it's. It, it's hyper focused on what it does, but there's a lot of depth to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so the power bar. Let's talk about the essentially that your health bar. Now that's in some racers, um, some, the more realistic but, ones. But in 1990, I don't know. Um, you have a you have a power bar for your car, and if you bump into pretty much anything, it damages your car, which yeah. makes sense. I like that. Okay. Not only that, so there's incentive to not bumping into the sides like I always do with racers or other cars. Oh, wait, there is incentive to bump other cars because you can mess them up. Cool. But you're damaging yourself. So I love the balance there. Yeah. But not only that. Right. There are recovery stations at a new lap. What? That you have to ride on to be able to get health back during that time. Yeah, it's like a pit stop. What? Yeah, it's in a, it's a futuristic, some would say, uh, 2560 oh, pit stop for sure. But not only that, there is a mechanic where if you are not at a certain rank uh, at the end of a certain lap, then you are disqualified. And so that slowly dwindles down. So like if you are rank six at a certain time and you end that lap and rank six, you're disqualified because they narrow down that window. So you've got to continue to make sure that you're up among the the top ranked people. So that's that's a whole nother level of things. And then you've got <laughs> stage... Uh, 
I don't uh, enemies, but that's totally not the right word. You've got um, it's NPCs. It's yep. non-racing cars, non-racing cars uh, that are that get in the way that. And I like that because I've also played other racers where it's just the people you're racing. And when you get so far ahead, you're just playing by your playing with yourself right. the whole time. Yeah. Um, and so it's good to have these other racers that you can run into. But not only that, you have these these things on the stage that can like mess with you um i i hate the wind in wind is it called wind city i hate the wind that is annoying (laughs) but that is less annoying than the magnetic poles which are the worst thing that i've ever come across i hate them they can die (laughs) what do we miss for donis oh uh mines yeah yeah Mines were jump fair platforms. Dude, if you're using the left and right bumpers, though, mines can get around the jump platforms. Is that what you said, Kenny? Yeah. Yep. And there are, are some shortcuts on some and stages that's where the that dip, you can use. Dipping the nose of the car comes into play. You can travel further if you uh, tilt it up. Yeah, you can. It's, it gets kind of advanced here. And I didn't expect not a one of those things. I thought it was going to be stale. Then you got the dash zones, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Your speed ups. Uh, uh, and we even talked about your turbos, I think, but. I like that those are replenishable, but also not hoardable. You know, you get one per lap, but if you don't use them and you're full on them, you you lose out. So there's a little bit of like risk reward there. Again, straightforward. All it does is racing, but it does all of the elements of racing really well thought out for for what you would expect from an early 90s Super Nintendo title. This must be a really complex vanilla is all I'm saying. <laughs> It does also have a really good difficulty curve. Yes. Especially the way it introduces mechanics through the tracks. It has rubber band, rubber band, whatever. Yeah, I I would like, I think that's a good thing. Do you, Ward, do you know how the rubber band mechanics work here? Because in racers, they've got to have some kind of system so that it stays competitive. I don't know if I love the rubber band mechanics here. Do you know how they operate? Dude in the uh, Discord here was talking about how it was uh, basically you have a, a zone around you, yeah. and whenever they would fall out of that zone, they would port into it slightly. Yeah. Oh no. He he wrote it in detail. When he, he he, I think he was doing some guesswork there. But after I read that and played some more, I was like, I think he's right. That the only place mm-hmm. that exists is what you can see right around your yeah. car yeah. and if anyone is behind you they're all at a fixed distance behind you and if anyone is in front of you they're at a fixed <laughs> distance ahead of you that's stressful um so it's always going to, to stay competitive but then also you can't just get a full leg up on the competition no. so i don't know if i love that and you notice that and i think he's got a good point there because you do have your course layout map like you do in a lot of these racers yeah. but you don't see the position of nope. any of Not the like racers that are against you right right yeah aged Setting the stage for the Super Nintendo as a console. You have a certain amount of titles that you're going to release when you release a new console. And at the time, NES, massive success, right? Super Nintendo um, comes to the States and and you have these games to pick from. Um, Do we think this was a wise launch title? Absolutely. Why? Again, for for the reasons I sort of mentioned before, it... A, it's sort of shows off the Super Nintendo controls. You know, we already talked about it uses all the buttons. Uh, two, it <laughs> that was for you, Dustin. It uh, it shows off Mode Seven really well, and finally, uh, it's just a a really replayable kind of game. Having something that is accessible and shiny, but appealing to everybody and something that can be played again and again and again and not something that's just sort of like one-off story and you're done feels like a really sort of backbony kind of addition to your library yeah because this was the start of the franchise I, I think also when you're launching a console like that you're gonna want to have a variety of different types of yes. games and and having a racer would be one of those types that you would want to have yes right because yes. i don't think they were that common on the nes this is one of the man <sighs> Now, I don't remember Pilot Wings being good, but the other ones that we mentioned, those are some like like top tier games. Uh, uh, Super Mario World, Super Mario one of the World, best games of all time. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like F Zero. Like that. Yeah, you definitely want variety there, um, and I I think we've talked about Mode Seven. We've talked about that. I I think the 
amount of detail in 1990 that they gave to the little hover car and their movements is just a beyond its time. Um, like you could see the little, depending on what hover car you're driving, you could see the little fins or the engines pulsing back and forth, depending on how you were shifting the weight. You could see sparks on the, on the track as you, as you curve into the, the track with your, with your hover car. There are just so many like small details that they were able to do with such a limited palette of color and such a limited like scope of what they were able to do graphically. It doesn't stop there. This is the first racer ever to use the Doppler effect when you're passing a car. Wow. Which is uh, what? Re- you remind me what that is? That's the... Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good sound effect. Though. I didn't like. I noticed that, but I didn't. it didn't click with me that that was impressive for the SNES, but it totally is. And a thing that they did that was really creative was, you know, they give... And I hate them, but those little bumpers on the side that, <laughs> that guide the, the path that will yeah. literally bump you... Ding, 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 ding. felt like a pinball <laughs> game at times, yeah. Um, but they are... The way that they set them up make it look like they're coming at the... Sc- you know, so it helps to add yep. to the speed that you're going with. They just did so many things uh, here. It's not just the guide rail. It's also the rough track. Mm-hmm. They deliberately designed the rough track with patterns so that you have more frame of reference as you drive past And them. it shakes your car a and little bit. And that animation, yeah. yeah, so so good. And it vibrates I, the controller. Yeah, you could first, I was, first vibration. <laughs> I was watching Kenny uh, play this week, and he, he – or I mentioned to him, I said, man, it was Mute City. And I said, man, this just looks like static um, on the sides in a negative way. And then the more I, I look at it, I realized that that's them successfully displaying acceleration and going very fast. Because when you slow down a little bit, it gets more detailed and it looks like a city, a very futuristic like Blade Runner type city. And the backdrop is cool. Like it looks great. And then the variety of the the graphics on the stages, like the volcano one, uh, Dustin, you, you the one you rage quit on. Uh, I came week. back to and beat it, but that was the only okay. stage that really gave me constant trouble. It's yeah, it's frustrating. Firefield, you, yeah, it's the last stage of the King's Gambit. Yeah, yes. that's Firefield. Yeah, it's awesome, and I, I, yeah, I think they pulled off graphics, amazing. Yeah, and and were really wise about how they did them too. It was so clear what everything did. When you saw the rough areas of the track, you knew what it was going to do. When there were things that were going to hinder you, it was really obvious that you needed to avoid those things or that they were going to be bad. Even the pit stops were designed to be like, oh, yeah, I need to go into that area because they were just so smart in how they portrayed everything. Okay. And the flashing pink eye. Flashing pink eye? Yeah, the the pink racers that you pass that are flashing. Yeah. Yep. That explode? What are they? That blow up? What are they? (laughs) No, your your car flashes when you're almost out of power. Uh, like these are cars that have taken damage sick. and are ready to blow up. And then when you hit them, they do. Okay, I I do not think though that we're being honest and realistic here. And maybe I'm the only one. There's no way that I am. I I, I have talked about the graphical fidelity, all those things. I think it's great, um, especially with the hover cars, everything that's happening on the track. But Nolan, what you mentioned of that off track world below you yes it's blurry but it is now i got used more used to it but when you first turn this on with the colors that they went with and with how it's it is kind of like um damaging to the the cornea like i i think that it is (laughs) bright and 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 offensive like there's a lot going on. It's a lot. I was playing this week on our big screen because yeah, uh, this hurts. one is more accessible FPS, than some. Dude. You can play on your Switch online. Yep. You can play on your Mini if you bought a Mini. Like it's definitely more accessible than a, than a lot of games. Um, and and I played a number of different ways this week. But I was playing on the Switch on the big screen, and and uh, my wife walks into the room <laughs> at one point and she goes, "Um." I'm going to have a seizure. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just so bright and overwhelming. There's a lot getting thrown at you. Is that acceptable, Ward? Do you do you understand some of that? Oh, uh, I yeah. I get it. I mean, they just did what they had to do, I guess. Um 
it it did hurt, especially Mute City, just because like the <laughs> I guess hurt. buildings that they're showing and lights. But some of the other stages weren't as bad. Yeah, they're, they're trying to showcase the traffic. Like when Kenny crashes in the first play, yeah. <laughs> you can see underneath. You can see the pattern of traffic. Yeah, how, which, how the different uh, which time? cars and stuff. Yeah, yeah, every time. Every time, Kenny. <laughs> um, look. Yeah. Can we? Yeah. OST. All right. Yep. OST is a banger all the way through, man. Um, so Smash Brothers, we talked about it. Captain Falcon's been in Smash since the first Smash game. Came and his music followed him for a reason because all of them are so catchy and so good, especially Big Blue. Big Blue, yes. Best Blue. Yes. Okay. I was going to ask what your favorite track is. Mine oh, is Big Blue. Easily. It's got a driving bass line with a Mega Man-like melody laid, layered over top. Yeah. It's so good. Silence is also phenomenal for the same reasons. But <laughs> it, <laughs> That's just a funny thing to say. Yeah, You're I like, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd, I'd love to listen to this amazing track or nothing. <laughs> No, the silence world or stage or map has incredible music. And the Mario Kart 8 rendition of Big Blue, because that stage is in Mario Kart 8, is... Whoa, what? I posted it in music. You have to listen to it. That's sick. Okay. It's got saxophone. It's guitar licks trading back and forth with the saxophone player, and it is the best remix of this song. It's already good, but oh my god. Yeah, I I actually found a complete OST... uh, done in jazz ooh, and jazz really like on seat like you have it like it's a cd or something it's on youtube i'll ooh, post a link in the Discord. you gotta i'm listening to that this week it's it's such a iconic uh soundtrack and and i don't say that about a lot of soundtracks because especially with rpgs they tend to bleed together in terms of like style and representation of the game final fantasy stands out above others in that regard but this one's so F Zero. Like it just followed the character, it followed the games, and it defined. Like I, I when I hear the tr- the songs, I know that it's F Zero. And it's they did a really good job too with pacing the song to the track. Um, my favorite track is Red Canyon Two, which is the fourth in the Night League. And there's a place on that map where you hit this jump and go flying out into the air. And you land on an arrow-shaped jump pad and then bounce back onto the track. And the music is timed so that right as you hit that jump, the music stops for half a oh second. And when you come down, it picks right back up. That's impressive, yeah. That's, that's awesome. crazy impressive. There are sequels to F-Zero. There's some. many, actually, on multiple different consoles, but some of them one. are F-Zero-X, there's Maximum Velocity, there's GX, and it's like mine. I mentioned last week, there's Climax, that's the most recent, uh, which I would imagine maybe that's where they're ending, the culmination. I, I, it sounds I like it. I play GX, I own GX on GameCube. Okay. And? Yeah, GX is really good. Um, a lot of people like F-Zero-X, although I hate it, but a lot of people found F-Zero through that, so they like it, but... In my opinion, when it comes down to the method of control, none of the other games in the series have the variety of advanced techniques that you can find in this game. Got you. I, th- I think also, correct me if I'm wrong, that it does have like a built-in save that, because I saw in the manual multiple times that like it will save your progress over time just naturally, but it, it warns you from... Uh, regular resetting of your console because if you do you might lose the <laughs> the the memory so yikes it's impressive yeah because it, it tracks your time yeah so it'll keep the top 10 of any track in your best lap yeah. and if you i guess if you keep resetting it it could screw up the battery sure. or something <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it's not too terribly expensive you can get a copy of f-zero for your super nintendo for 13 dollars used or $93 brand new, which you'd think it'd be more, but yeah. I think they made a lot of copies of F-Zero. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a classic, though. Final thoughts. At the end of this episode, we would love to give our final summary, conclusory thoughts on F-Zero. We will let Ward have the final say. 
Nolan, you went last, last time and destroyed my hopes and dreams related to Rayforce. So we'll let you go first this time. What were your just overall general thoughts of F-Zero? Okay, not having played the original F-Zero, but knowing the character and the style and what it actually is. uh, I expected to... for it to feel extremely dated and not be my cup of tea i this is not a secret but i don't care for super mario kart the one on the snes i i just don't like that perspective view and this one shares the same perspective view however what i found in this game is one of the more impressive control schemes on the console for in a racing game this early this experimental with mode seven uh I was pleasantly surprised. I had a blast playing this game. And I I haven't played all of the games. I've played GX, but I think I agree with Ward. I'd, I'd recommend this one over the newer one because it's, one, it's very classic, and it's actually still really fun. Uh, I like this game. It's on Nintendo Switch Online. You should play it. Yeah. I agree. I'd say it's just so easy to play nowadays with so many different options. I think it was ahead of its time. The graphics are in some ways offensive to me, like visually, uh, but the detail that they put in on the hover cars. And then I would say control scheme alone is a reason to play this game. I think that is so advanced for 1990, 1991, and it will give you, and then read the comic, it will give you the origins to (laughs) Captain Falcon, so um, you most certainly want to figure out where his punch came from, because at some point in time, he put down the gun. uh, Oh, that's true. (laughs) And uh, decided to punch people instead, so isn't his uh, move in Smash a big punch? Yeah, he kicks too. But he's got the Falcon, Falcon, and then he's got the people's knee. Falcon cap you in the head is going to be yeah, his pulls out a gun. All right, uh, Kenny. Yeah, people have people have actually done the math on that Falcon punch, and for him to be able to ignite his fist just by the friction of air on his glove, it hits with this about the same amount of uh, impact force as the MOAB, which is the mother of all bombs. It's the biggest non-nuclear bomb that America makes. So he's a dangerous so like, man. Yeah. Like oh. hits hits with the force of my punchlines. Yikes! Go ahead, okay. Danny. No, 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 we'll just move on. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, fine too. Uh, <laughs> it's it's better if you just don't acknowledge. Uh, so I mostly agree with you guys, but on 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 different sort of areas. I I think I appreciate this game and its legacy. Probably of any game we've played, it's one of the more revolutionary titles we've seen. Where like before things were one way. After this game in racers, things were completely different. It huge impact on what a racer can be and should be and on the Super Nintendo. And I talked about being impressed with some of that and its role in mode seven. I totally respect it for its do one thing and do it really, really well approach. And when we're talking do it really, really well, we're right. It's easy to pick up and play, but tons of nuance and increasing challenge and ability to up your mastery over and over again. We've talked about that. Uh, so I think those are, are worth pointing out. I will say there are certainly shortcomings to this game um, because it's of its simplicity and it's sort of re- it's very replayable because it's a racer, but it's going to feel a little basic for some people. It's one thing over and over again and just a couple of tracks. Um, a lot of people may find that difficult to swallow. No multiplayer, which is a big thing we didn't even mention. Uh, and so at the very least, everyone should at least know about this game. It's a big title. We're Donis, our guest director for this episode. What's your final word on F-Zero? Oh, this is a game I had as a kid, and I beat the crap out of it. Uh, I, it has had different levels of impact on me. Like I, A lot of the jobs I've ever had have been driving-related, and even though I can't stand most racers, I, I'd be lying if I said F-Zero didn't have a part in that. And, you know, considering that this was made by a team of nine, and that includes the music, uh, <laughs> in crazy. 15 months. Yeah, it's, it, it's 
been an inspiration on that kind of level that a small team working hard can do something incredible. Very well so said. Uh, it, you forget about how small some of these teams are. We we didn't ever get into the minutia, and I don't want to take a lot of time for this. But uh, what about Ward, zero you talked time? about? No, clearly I'm stealing from zero time. Ward, you talked about like feeling really confident in this game and and feeling like you've got some good mastery of it. Other people don't have. If people are listening to this game and you had to give one tip as sort of a super experienced expert on how to up your F zero game uh, easily. What would you tell somebody that was coming into it and was kind of bad and wanted to get good? Use the practice and experiment. I mean, throw yourself into a couple walls, figure out how to trick the system so you can drift around in corners without letting go of the gas so that you can, you know, spin your car around 180 on the spot. Uh, there are a lot of little hidden little tricks that you can do. Uh, there, you almost never touch the brake, but those shoulder buttons will do a lot of stuff to your car. So lean in to the experimenting. Okay, okay. you've um, had your See, I was moment. about to say great question, but then you just do that. Like, you ruin everything. <laughs> put a bow on it. All right. Put a bow on it. Thank you for bringing F-Zero to our podcast, to our yeah. table for us to play. It's been a long time coming. 275 games later, we have played F-Zero. Um, and a lot of our community did. Maybe a new record. We most certainly set some records, really? and I'll share some of those in just a bit. But uh, we had Casey write in saying, Hey guys, I found this podcast a little over a year ago and have really enjoyed listening to your views on retro games. Several of the titles that you have reviewed I played as a kid and even bring out the old SNES and PS1 from time to time. When I heard that this week's episode was F-Zero, it brought me back to Saturday mornings, taking turns, playing this with my younger sister. As a kid, this game brought on so many challenges as it was a it was one of the first racing games that I played. Watching Kenny's first play reminded me of those. The magnetic strips were a pain, and the background did have a lot of flashing going on. The music, however, was catchy. Overall, I enjoyed this game as a kid and will have to dust off the cartridge this week to give it another play. Do it. Nothing like busting out the old, like, original cart, popping it in, playing Bring your sister Feels over. good. Play again. Play yeah. again. The Gaming Druid said F-Zero. What a series. F-Zero GX for the GameCube is my personal favorite of all time, a racing game of all time, but how does the original stack up? I played this game before, but I replayed it for a couple of hours so that I could give you some fresh comments. With this in mind, I would like to make the following observations. Number okay. one. This was a launch game for the SNES. It yes. probably hasn't aged quite as well as some other SNES games. The Mode 7 stuff can be kind of blurry, but it still looks really nice. Yes. Number two, sure. it sucks what? That, no. there are not, that there are not many racers to choose from. <laughs> you got me. You can't do that Congrats. to us. I don't don't, know you don't abuse your power. Uh, four is enough. Uh, Forza? <laughs> I... At least the four that there are are wildly different from each other, which is awesome. Not according I've to Nolan. Said that. Number My three, favorite part of the game. Number three, it sucks. What if it happened again? Uh, that this game <laughs> isn't two player. Who wants to play a racing game that isn't two players? Kenny, you had mentioned that. That's fair. Yeah, I was a little surprised to not see multiplayer. Number four, this game is fun. I love yes. the concept of balancing speed with a health meter. Part of the game is trying to get first. The other part is just trying to survive. This one is a genre bender, and I love it. Number five, the music is the best part of the game. It thumps. Overall, this one gets NGP for me. I'm going to start using thump to describe it, music. It, it thumps. Yeah. Uh, the music is the way. The music, I, we haven't done a SNES playlist yet. But I would imagine we'd include some F-Zero hits. If it's relaxing. If it's relaxing, which they're not. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> oh. And then finally, Keiko-san said F-Zero was a technical marvel for the Super Nintendo, but it wasn't just that. It is a really entertaining classic even after so long. Sure, some of the sequels are better, but who quit playing Donkey Kong Country 1 because 2 was better? Right. Sequels don't replace the Super Nintendo classic because it still has catchy tunes, great controls, especially for the time, and memorable levels. Definitely New Game Plus for me. Even if it ends up being too difficult for you, you should at least try it for a bit. I like that take. Sequels don't replace games. Yeah, for They're sure. They're just other options. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, I, I would encourage you to just at least go and look in our commentary channel on Discord because... Oh, I will. Aurarius, sorry, I never get this name right, um, 
got a new record because, and I didn't read it, because you can go and read for yourself his 60 paragraphs worth of commentary. Wait a minute. 60 paragraphs. We gotta regulate that. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote a novella about his feelings towards F-Zero. Literally, okay, wow. So, thank you for writing in. There are so many other people that wrote in as well. We appreciate you taking the time to play along with us and to send in your thoughts on the Retro Game of the Week. You can do that each and every week. Send in your thoughts to ngppodcast at gmail.com or swing by our Discord, drop them into our commentary channel. We will try to include them as a part of our episode next week. But for now, we're going to set aside as zero and we are going to randomly select the next retro game of the week. Ward, you're here with us for the first randomizer with you. Uh, what game do you hope we play next? There's only a thousand or so, so you might get it right. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, Metroid Prime 2. Metroid Prime 2. I'd, I'd Randomizing now. We're changing everything. Year of release, console, genre, developer, publisher, Good. all of that. Good. To my favorite genre. Oh. RPGs? RPGs. This is a role-playing video game developed by Ginky, exclusively for the PlayStation. Davinky? It combines elements of role-playing and virtual pet management. Uh, oh, you're going to really like it then. I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> what is that? Um, <laughs> I feel like it's right up your Tamagotchi. The uh, the character designer uh, what is the same one that worked for Studio Ghibli. That's yeah, okay. We have a the lot movies, of Ghibli fans in our The movie's Discord. Kiki's Delivery Service and I Can Hear the Sea. The yeah. game came out in 1998, Prime PlayStation. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, the, the game is called Jade Cocoon. Story of the Temamayu. Sure. Sure. Temamayu. I don't know, man. This sounds anime. Jade Cocoon sounds so familiar. I feel I've played Jade Cocoon before, but I but I don't remember. Wardonis, have you heard of this yeah. game? I do not know anything about it. I've never Same. heard of it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. Find- from, from the from the title, it sounds like a really big J in that JRPG. Oh yes. yeah, it for sure does. Which hey. I'm excited. So, Jade Cocoon, find a copy, get out your PlayStation, your PlayStation 1, your discs, and play along with us this week. Join us in Discord. You can go to ngppodcast.com and click join us in Discord. See you there. We've got a whole lot of new channels that you can talk to. A lot of new channels. Hobbies, retro news. We want to say a huge thank you to our wonderful list of uh, producers who support us on an ongoing basis on Patreon.com, uh, which includes the following people. Amarlian, Austin, Ben, Bethany Fox, Bro Jim, Carrie, Dan the Man, Francesca, Corey, Maxima, Secret Duck of Evermore, Shauna, Unbedavable, William, and Zion. Um, we absolutely appreciate you guys. You are the backbone of our show and its continued progress um we want to give a big big shout out to kyle joey and destin for joining us as new patrons for the very very first time welcome uh you are now an even bigger part of the ngp family you don't have to support us on patreon to be part of the family but Uh. we it's the only way to sleep in one of the beds i don't know um our director level supporters, Antonin Garlisle, and of course, Wardonis. Ward, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, not only for your support, for but for giving up your time, for sharing your thoughts, um, talking to us about one of your favorite games. It's always so fun to relive that nostalgia with people, and we're just super appreciative. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Ward, where can people find you online, and do you want them to find you online? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm on Discord. Anybody can message me. That's fine. Um, got projects in the works with the company that I'm working with, um, doing some stuff, but nothing to announce right now. Is it with your trucking company trying to take the wheels off the thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hover trucking. Hover trucks. No, I, Wait. I'm working with some guys. We're working on a tabletop RPG and a couple of video uh, games. Ooh. Very, very cool. Have you heard our role-playing tabletop uh, adventure? Because that's <laughs> something special. Oh, no, if no, you no. want to bring don't, in professionals. Don't do that to yourself. 
Hop in, hop into Discord, reach out to Ward, tell him, hey, thanks for joining us on the show, and we'll look forward to seeing all of you guys there. And find us on our social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. All of those links are in the show notes. We just had our first YouTube live stream, and it was excellent. Thank you for everyone that came out and celebrated with us. So fun. You can also find that live stream on our YouTube channel now just as a VOD. Make sure to swing by there. You can listen to our podcast directly on any podcast provider of your choice. Make sure you subscribe so that you are the first to get new NGP episodes. And while you're at it, please leave a kind rating and review. This episode was edited and produced by our good friend Tom Tate. Join us next week as we play Jade Cocoon, story of the Tamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam